Bonjour, fit fam. Welcome to season three of In Bed with the Fitness Industry. I am your host, Nathalie Lacombe, the coach and Cupid for the fitness industry. Enjoy this episode with our phenomenal guest. They are all here to help you thrive in your career and your business in the fitness industry. Be inspired to serve yourself so you can serve others better. Come check us out at nathalielacombe.com. You'll get oodles of resources there to help you continue to have a phenomenal career. Bonjour, fit fam. Welcome to this episode of In Bed with the Fitness Industry. We are joined by an award-winning leader in the fitness industry. I love the reaction. <laughs> an award-winning leader in the fitness industry today. Thank you so much for joining us, Melanie. Super happy to have you here today. I am so happy to be here from my bed. This is the from funnest your bed. podcast location I've ever done a podcast in ever officially. <laughs> oh, yay. I always want, plus I always wonder, I'm like, are you going to keep anything you're wearing right now or the room or you're like, well, if I'm here, I may as well get some different kind of work done. So I always wonder about the rest of the day. You know what I mean? Um <laughs> For those of you who haven't had the pleasure of meeting Melanie yet, she is a international speaker, an author, a TEDx presenter. She's the founder and CEO of Play Inc. and was recently named CanFit Pro's Fitness Instructor of the Year. We'll talk about more about that in just a second. Um, Melanie inspires families and teachers and kids into fitness programs in schools and communities all around the world, um, and she coaches clients, she operates all kinds of businesses to support movement in children, um, and she spends a lot of time in the outdoors, um, enjoying her her relatively recent new uh, space with her family, where she lives with her wife, uh, Justine, and her five-year-old daughter up in the mountains. Bienvenue, mon ami Melanie. Merci, merci de m'avoir. I'm so happy to be here. All right, let's get down to it. You sleep in shorts and a t-shirt. I This is my sleeping t-shirt. I got it on Instagram for $5. Um, and I, it made me laugh so much. And uh, I, yeah, just keep it basic, you know? So for those of you that are listening to the podcast, Melanie's t-shirt says, surely, hold on, pull it up again. Surely not everybody was Kung Fu fighting. Surely not. Some of them were doing <laughs> Absolutely. Not everybody was kung fu fighting. <laughs> and your your bedtime routine, you like to be a around 11 p.m. sleeper and a 7 a.m. waker. Do you manage to achieve set eight hours of sleep relatively regularly? Oh, like ideal is 11 so that I can work at night because I'm a night owl, but mostly mm. I'm by 10. And seven's pretty consistent, but I've got a five-year-old who's about to start kindergarten. So our life is about to get a lot earlier. So I uh -huh. think it's no, you got to roll with it to be able to get her out the door. And so you're living where now you've lived in a lot of different places in Canada. You travel internationally. You do a lot of different things. Uh, but in the last couple of years, you moved to the mountains. Tell us about that a bit. Moved to the mountains for our health. Honestly, it was the mm. lockdowns and COVID. And we were in the mountains quite frequently because we live in Vancouver. But we really believe in the power of nature and being in trees and being in, in the outdoors when uh, the world was, you know, I don't want to say mm. like fighting something that we didn't know what, it, what was going to happen. We just knew that if our health and our immune systems needed to be optimized, that we need to spend as much time as we could in nature. Mm. And so we were able to rent a house in Whistler and 
uh, after being here for a few years, we're like, we got to live, we got to move here. There's a lot mm. of reasons why we thought we could never live here. And we've, we those flew out the window after we started kind of, we, we trialed this life and we figured out that it actually could really work for us. Very cool. Very cool. Um, I appreciate you uh, going indoors. <laughs> well, maybe we should do a different one outdoors. We'll do another talk one time where we can both be outdoors. <laughs> feel like that'd be super fun too. So tell me about how you found your original niche in the fitness industry. And it's something that you and I had in common um, that we both very much loved. And then it evolved. So can you tell us about finding that niche in a very busy fitness industry in Canada and then how it evolved over the past few years? Yeah, well, I didn't know that I was in a niche but I realized after leaving my first niche that I was in university programs. Like I started teaching fitness in university settings with like hundreds of people coming to classes. And I actually had a, the, my first reality shock was when I went to a regular gym and there was like a studio that was like, you know, 800 square feet and six people would come. And I was like, whoa, whoa what is this fitness class with six people in it? I thought there was gonna be 200 people. And, ah. and um, so like, uh, I realized my first niche was like big stages. I love that. Um, but a physical education teacher. And, um, I lo always love working with kids and, um, kind of like, I never, you know, um, I never thought that I was going to be a, a, like a fitness instructor, merging it with, with phys ed, um, mm. as a physical education teacher, I was like, that was my PE job. And then I've got fitness on the side, which was this thing that I used to do when I was in university and, and I never saw those worlds combining. Um, mm. I don't know if you know this, but in 2008, I was hit in the in the face with a lacrosse ball playing sports. I was an athlete. No. And that's actually the reason that I kind of went back into fitness hardcore in 2008 and nine was because I could no longer train as an athlete. I couldn't play any contact sports. Oh. And so it really forced me into the world of fitness to figure out different ways to train my body that did not require high impact training or team sports or team um, and that's where I discovered dance fitness mm -hmm. and I never thought I could do dance fitness. And because of some <laughs> of the amazing leaders that I met in the fitness industry, you being one of them and some other key people, I discovered, um, dance fitness and I loved it so much. I brought it to my students and that turned into the strangest niche in the world. It's like, I was traveling with my wife two years ago, um, like kind of in the middle of COVID. We met someone and they're just like, are you, are you Melanie? And they're, they're like, yes. And they're like, oh my God, you're Melanie Levenberg. My wife's like, what is going on? She's like, uh, and we were with a few other people and they're just like, how come this person knows you? I'm like, she's a phys ed teacher and I have the weirdest niche. I like teach dance fitness to phys ed teachers. And, and I'm like, I'm a kind of a big deal in that tiny little niche. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a, well, it's a at least that you created for yourself. And I mean, I think I I appreciate you being really humble and saying like, you know, how it kind of fell together, but you're incredibly skilled at communicating with students. You have this, this very legitimate and, and um, full of integrity connection with phys ed teachers. And when you dance, nothing else matters. And somehow pulling those things together is how you've had so much success. It's really understanding the things you were great at and the people who you could most connect with. I appreciate you being humble, but there is something there that's really very self-driven. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I, the trick to my career has been just tell the truth. And like mm. every single presentation I present at, I get flown around the world. And like, mm. they're like, here's the dance teacher from Canada. She must be such an amazing dancer. And I, I'm like, hi, I did not grow up dancing. I have no mm. dance 
training. I have no dance background. I was actually terrified of teaching dance as a PE teacher, which is why I never taught it until we figured out ways to simplify it. And this is what I'm here to teach you. And people are like, oh, thank God. Oh, that's me. You know, and I think that that's what where the people resonate. Yes. They don't yeah. think they're to become to be the expert for them to become like. I meet them where they're at and I just show them how it can be simple. And what we're really here to do, which is help kids feel better through movement, help kids mm. feel successful. And we can do that through simplicity, not complexity. Mm. And that I think really resonates with them as people teaching kids. And also it resonates really powerfully with the kids as well too. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's accessibility and it's to a certain extent, it's like bring diversity to kids um, because no matter what they're bringing, they can find that movement. That's always been something that you've been really passionate about. And so yes, simple, which resonates with people because they hear the word simple, they won't have fear. Um, but behind that, those of us that, that that look at the things that you do behind that, there's certainly a, no matter what your body does, it's right. You, yeah, there's just, no incorrectness. Yeah, you can't get it wrong when you're moving mm. in a way that feels good for you. Mm. Um, as soon as we give give kids that permission, as soon as we give adults that permission, but especially kids, kids just get it. We're like yeah. the right way to move is the way that feels good for you. So you're mm. you're moving in a way that feels good for you is the correct way. The correct mm. way to move is to be different. And so, mm. like that's what it. It's a very simple message, but people get it that they have permission to be different. And that's how they're getting it right. Because what I did learn is that kids always want to get it right. As humans, mm. we all want to get it right. So mm. when we make being different the right way to be, so much freedom happens and joy and excitement and possibilities. Uh, mm. Mm. Thank you for sharing that. Um, knowing that a lot of this comes through schools, over the past few years, you've had the challenge of schools being either closed or virtual or all these other things. And obviously some of what um deciders who were choosing as programs that weren't critical were being sacrificed in some ways how did that drive you to move your business into even more accessibility um over the past few years um i went free we you know instead mm. of being like how do i make money in the virtual space we moved away from we i personally just didn't choose that for my business for this my wife and i have multiple businesses different businesses hold different portfolios in our lifestyle and income play mm. has always been about um i love making money doing what i love with kids and when i saw teachers struggling we we decided to go free our entire community of ambassadors started three times a day free dance classes for parents who are at home. And then we offered free resources to schools because making money short-term wasn't as important as making a community impact long-term. And if I know anything about business is that people will remember how you help them when they were in need, not mm. how you make money off of them. So to us, it wasn't about mar profit margins for the last three years. It's been about being there and supporting our, our clients. And now that schools are back in session, they they remember us. They've been dancing with us virtually. We did have virtual programs. We offered it to schools who wanted a full experience virtually. Uh -huh. um, we, we made that pivot, but the biggest focus was just how do we keep supporting teachers and parents in this time of need so that kids can get something so that their mental health is okay. That is the driving force behind this business. So uh -huh. on the business side of things, you have you, we had to remember the long-term vision, not just the short-term uh, ideas. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing that. And I think, I mean, there's a lot of um, people in our industry who would 
look at schools. I actually, I remember um, over the last, you know, we obviously we struggled, as you know, in a lot of different provinces in Canada, but in Quebec, in terms of having um, governing bodies see how critical physical activity was. And even my mom at some point, she's like, why don't you go work with schools? And I find it really funny how people just assume that you can just show up one day and be like, hi, I'm a qualified fitness professional. Let me come help these people move. But I think it's intimidating um, because it's a whole other system than it is with there. But speak to those instructors, trainers who might have kids in schools, who might have a passion to go into schools, who might want to do something, whether it's um, uh, for free or whether it's an actual program that they're bringing in there, how do they go over that overwhelm of like, I don't know how the school system works, but I feel like I can make a difference. I feel like I can help. Absolutely. Schools are different because they are required to teach a certain curriculum. So Mm -hmm. when you are an external service provider, helping teachers do their job best is the way that we've helped people build businesses in schools. Because that's how a school will pay you great money to do something that a teacher would not do. So obviously the world of dance, like I was one of those teachers who didn't want to teach dance because it's intimidating. So there's a niche market there where a teacher mm. will do what you're, what you're capable of doing. Some PE teachers can teach fitness classes or sports programs. So that's not always like the biggest landing, but like yoga, dance, uh, some karate martial arts programs. If, you're, if you've got that kind of passion and a specialty, mm. often bring you in because the teachers themselves won't teach it. Um, and schools also need to know that the, the time being spent on your activity is helping the teachers meet the curriculum outcomes that they're meant to be teaching at that time. So a big part of in-school programs has to be linked to the curriculum. It's not just about coming in and teaching class for the sake of doing an experience. A workout. <laughs> yeah. It's not about the workout. It fits in, it fits in, but that you might only be hired for one class a semester, right. but when you can actually come in and for us, in our case, we teach a five unit, uh, sorry, a five lesson unit for dance. So we come in and we teach the dance unit for teachers. We come in and we have 12 weeks of mindfulness programs with students. And so, mm. but it's curriculum based, we're not just there to teach yoga. We're there to teach social emotional skills and interaction skills and physical literacy through the platform of yoga. And then the schools are like, oh my gosh, I will hire you and you will do the teacher's job in terms of the teaching and instructing. And then we provide the teachers with the assessment tools. Cause again, at the end of the day, schools need to show that kids are learning stuff. Yeah. yeah. We have to report to the government and parents. And so we give the teachers the ways for them to observe the classes and assess what their students are learning as we are doing the teaching for them. So it, it really is like, we're there to support mm. the teachers, the principals who have a, you know, requirement to meet the the provincial standards and then obviously we're there to to help the students get moving and active in a quality program way yeah Mm. excellent thank you I think that'll be really helpful and and um, just to confirm Melanie if if there's people who want to work with you through play they can connect with you and see if those programs are available for them to bring into their school systems that's something they can do yes Absolutely. We have a prepackaged program. I also am a business coach and I'm, I'm helping like 10 other people create their own in-school programs. I am passionate about people who want to work with kids. If you don't mm. want to create a program, I've got one you can use. If you are super adamant about your own program and your own vision, I'll help you build that one. To me, it's, you know, it's all different routes to the same destination, which is helping kids become healthier, happier humans. So if that's what Amazing. you're about, I'm here to help. <laughs> Thank you. Great. Um, Speaking of some of the visibility that you have, so you congratulations again on winning Canfit Pro's Fitness Professional of the Year Award. Tell us 
what this means for you. Tell us how this fits into your own growth, your own success, the success of you, your business, your family, and your goals. Uh, how it fits in. It it's um it it was humbling. It was interesting. It was it was a cool process, but also being like um supported by the people in my life being like, you should apply for this. Like, you know, you've done a lot and and this visibility is deserved. It's so hard as a fitness professional when you're heart centered to just be like, no, it's cool. Like I don't need to be recognized for these things. Um, but I also, someone would point out like, but with the visibility, you can impact more kids with the visibility. You can actually do more and reach more. And that's, they know my leverage to get me to do something, which is like, Mm. if it's going to impact more kids and it's going to allow me to have a greater platform to have people know about what the work we do in schools and the work we do with kids and hopefully spread the word and get more people on board with our, our vision, then I'm for it. Nice. Um, it's cool. You know, we don't, I don't think we don't always celebrate ourselves for the resilience that we've had over the years and mm-hmm. you know, doing this for multiple years, almost two decades now. Um, it's, it's exciting. It's, it was fun. It's humbling. It's getting, getting used to like celebrating yourself and having other people celebrate you and into that mm. energy, using it for, to bring the mission forward. Nice. Excellent. And congratulations for that. And congratulations um, I, you. I'm not going to let you pass by without you receiving some congratulations as well as presenter, our Canadian presenter of the year. Thank you, very much. <laughs> Thank you. That's very kind of you. I love that the people in your world were like, how can we get her to say yes to this nomination? And they went right for, you know, right for the heart. Smart. It makes, it makes a difference when you surround yourself with the right people. That's for sure. I appreciate that you've done that. Let's look forward to the next little while, the coming months, what are some things that you've seen, you know, over the past, uh, over the past few months that you see coming forward, some shifts perhaps, perhaps in the industry that make you grateful, that you're excited about, that inspires you about where you see us going as somebody that's been doing it for so long? Oh, you're saying it. And I have literal full body goosebumps. Uh, The event that we just came from CanFit Pro Um, like we've been, I've been going to Canfit Pro for almost two decades now. And the shift that has happened in the fitness industry towards movement for health, towards movement Mm. for for preventative care, towards movement for joy and our mental health, um, towards more inclusive and accessible and body positive fitness. I'm just like, I, I could cry thinking about how this new perspective is going to help our industry um, help human beings just become better for themselves and for their families, as opposed to like constrict down into these boxes that I think perhaps in the past were supposed, you know, the, you get fit to lose weight, you get fit to sculpt, to fit into this personal, there or this, this thing that you think you're supposed to be so that you can finally be okay. I love the, the joy that, um, that is coming from fitness and, and I'm excited for it. Now I have to say, because I, you're, this is an amazing platform where I'm going in the next few years and people need to hear this. Like I've been doing play now for almost 13 years and I am starting my business as a startup. You know, the, the pandemic has rocked us and my vibe and my sense, my pulse is that anyone who felt like anything could be recovered or, you know, adapted, I'm taking full startup mode vibes with my entire business as though nothing existed before this year. I'm Mm. using the, all of the things that I have built as assets to my business, mm-hmm. but I'm going into like, nobody knows who I am. 
like I have to rebuild all the relationships and all the trust. I have to, I have to reach new audiences and talk to them. Like they don't know who I am. And I have had a lot of success in that, even in the last like four or five months Mm -hmm. working through this mode, because I think as fitness professionals, Mm -hmm. um, especially those of us who were on such a momentum, Mm -hmm. um, and we had to adapt and pivot. And it's like, it's always adapting. I'm like, why don't we just let's keep adapting? Yes. And let's like, what if you took fresh eyes to your business and you have all this experience Mm -hmm. that you can bring to a brand new business, but that brand new business is your own business. So I am really glad the foundations as a business to, to, to rebuild with all the wisdom I've got, but with the humble humbleness of, of a startup. Yeah. Humbleness and of a startup. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, which can be um, overwhelming, but at the same time, exciting. And it's, it's, I love the balance of the, here's what I know. Here's what I learn. Um, and, you know, we all have moments where, and that's, you know, to a certain extent, how you stay out of imposter syndrome is to not like, you know, find that sweet spot of, I know certain things I'm in my wheelhouse and I'm learning like they can happen concurrently, you know? So I love that you're doing that with your business too, with everything that you've learned is there. So it's a springboard. I mean, it's not a springboard. It's a rock. (laughs) It's a really solid rock, like the mountain that you live on. And then there's the like, but where do we go from here with those fresh eyes? And so I appreciate you sharing that. Thank you so much, Mineni. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure to finally get to see you. And we danced together just a little, it was five minutes, but I'm like, I'm dancing with her five minutes. And congratulations to to you. Have a phenomenal back to school or start school season. Start all her first. I know, I know it's going to go marvelously well, but I wish you great success. And anyone can find the ways to contact you through the episode notes and on social media. Merci beaucoup, mon ami. Merci, Nathalie. Toujours un plaisir. Salut, Mabel.